Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bipolar Disorder Moment. I'm your host, Alan Cooper. Today, we have a very special guest. Well, I guess all my guests are special. But an interesting topic today, we're going to be talking about accelerated resolution therapy, something I just recently heard about. And I think it will be very powerful for some people. Um, Maybe I'll say a little bit more and I'll introduce Lisa first so she doesn't have to sit there and listen to me talk. (laughs) So today we have uh, Lisa Thornton with us. She's a registered social worker. Um, She has been working in addiction and mental health for over 20 years now. And she is also an ART. She does ART. Well, maybe you can help me say that correctly. Welcome, Lisa. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for having me on your podcast this evening. Oh, and thanks. I guess I would say I'm a therapist who uses the modality of ART. See, I knew you would have a better way of saying <laughs> it than I did. <laughs> and I just wanted to mention, um, so the reason I wanted to do ART today is because of A lot of people with bipolar disorder have trauma, not everybody, but some people do have trauma. And that makes bipolar disorder complicated. So if if some people who have bipolar disorder can have help with that as well as the other package that goes along with it, I think that makes life easier for them. So that was my reason. Yeah, and I agree. I think whenever we can do trauma work with people and help resolve that piece for them, um, it makes so many more things easier. Yeah. Right. And ART, I I really didn't know very much about it. It's a pretty new thing, Um, but it seems very extraordinary. We talked a little bit about how it's kind of difficult to explain, (laughs) but we're going to do our best. And I was wondering maybe if you could just give us a couple of sentences on what AR, maybe what ART stands for and what it, what it is. Just a general idea for, to begin with. Yeah, certainly. So ART is what we call it for short. As you mentioned um, at the beginning, it stands for Accelerated Resolution Therapy. Sometimes I refer to it as a cousin of EMDR, um, if some people are familiar with that therapy modality. Um, Today, I've taken several of the pieces that explain ART I've taken from their website, and the ART website is uh, www.acceleratedresolutiontherapy.com if anybody's interested in in checking out their website. But um, in general, it's a form of psychotherapy with roots in other evidence-based therapies, but it's more targeted and it works a lot more quickly. So we say usually one to five sessions in general, Um, and we can use it for a lot of things, which is great, Um, certainly for trauma, for phobias, for anxiety or depression. Um, There's a script we use for fear of change. We can use it for grief and loss, addictions, and even if people have lots of things that they're annoyed about. Um, But probably for today, I'll focus uh, mostly on the approach that we use for dealing with trauma. So if I get annoyed with my cat, we can do ART for that. And we can. (laughs) Wow, I didn't know that. I thought it was just for trauma, but you can use it for for phobias as well and other things. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Oh, that's excellent. Thank you for that explanation. Um, 
Yeah. So was, would it be okay to ask what was, how did you become interested in ART? Um, I actually became interested in ART by seeking it out for myself as a treatment. And um, I think for me, I'd been um, recommended to try exposure therapy, which was an awful experience. Yeah. And uh, so I was searching for something else that would be helpful. And I came upon ART and it was so helpful for me um, that as a therapist, I said, well, my next goal is to get trained in this. So I can mm -hmm. also offer it to other people who are struggling because it was just so incredible. And so I went yeah. out and got trained in, in the basic and the advanced um, mm -hmm. training so that I can offer that to other people as well. Oh, that's awesome. So I don't think everybody will know me. There might be some people who don't know what exposure therapy is. Mm -hmm. Give me a quick explanation on what exposure <clears throat> therapy was. Uh, exposure therapy. You don't, want, you don't want to remember what exposure no, it's, therapy It was awful. Yeah. Um, in general, exposure therapy is where um, a psychologist or therapist will kind of expose you to the thing that's you're fearful of or emotional about. And in theory, over time, your emotional response should be decrease should decrease. But I found with kind of the, the grief and trauma that I was experiencing, that was not the case at all. It was just it was just uh, awful. And so it was not helpful for me at all. And that's what led me to kind of go and search for I was like, there's got to be something that works better than that. So your experience with the exposure therapy was awful and not helpful for you. Mm -hmm. And just in general, in contrast, what was the result of ART for you? ART was incredible. Um, I don't really remember how many sessions I did, maybe three or four sessions. Um, and um, all, I saw a lot of improvements and it was really helpful. Whereas I wasn't able to get any relief through the exposure therapy. Of course, exposure therapy is a recommended therapy for, for some specific conditions but it uh for me personally it was it was not helpful and you said a relief you art gave you that's a very strong word i don't know if yeah. people generally walk away with relief like often um i think it's a cathartic thing people talk about or you learn skills but i'm not sure i ever heard the word relief relief mm. is pretty unique for therapy isn't it I think that's probably a fair observation. Um, and I think that's one of the unique characteristics of ART is that it does provide that relief from the intense emotions that people are struggling with. Mm -hmm. Okay, so today on my podcast, I wanted to focus on trauma because I had no idea that uh, ART helps with other things. Maybe we can have another podcast on that <laughs> down the road. Um, so just to provide some context, I was wondering if you talk a little bit about trauma and maybe explain it to my listeners. Yeah, I certainly can. Um, one of the things that we look at with trauma um, is kind of that it's a lasting emotional response that often results from living through a distressing event. Mm -hmm. So experiencing a traumatic event can harm someone's sense of safety, their sense of self, ability to regulate emotions or navigate relationships. So kind of long after the traumatic event occurs, um, people can often feel shame, helplessness, powerlessness, and fear. So the 
basically we, we experience an event that overwhelms our ability to cope. And then we struggle with things like, um, triggers, experiencing triggers, which remind us of the event. We can have low mood, things like nightmares, flashbacks, uh, being dysregulated emotionally, Mm -hmm. feeling hopeless, even feeling overwhelmed by daily tasks, hard, Mm -hmm. having a hard time sleeping, anxiety. We, sometimes as humans, we do, um, avoidance behaviors. So we might try and avoid things that we think might trigger us. So it's hard for us to kind of structure our day in that way. So all these things can make it really tough when people are coping with um, the aftermath of a traumatic or overwhelming event. So what types of events would be considered traumatic events? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, when it's, it's interesting because two people can go through the same event and one person may develop a trauma response and one person may not. So it's, you know, just because someone goes through something scary or terrifying doesn't mean they'll develop trauma. Um, but certainly our support systems that we have after the event, our internal coping skills, our, our pre-existing mental health all contribute to kind of our ability to cope with these kinds of distressing events. So they can be anything like a car accident, um, abuse or neglect through childhood. It could be an assault, um, abusive relationship. It could be a complicated childbirth for, for moms as well. Hmm. You mentioned neglect. Neglect is kind of an interesting one because <clears throat> I think most people would think of a traumatic event something happening but neglect is when something's not happening right and and I think as you know when um children experience neglect this can be incredibly distressing um because their emotional needs are potentially not getting met um probably their physical needs um and that over time can have a really negative effect um especially for children in their developmental stage, they understand things in terms of themselves. So mm-hmm. often when children are experiencing things like um, neglect or abuse, they look within themselves and wonder um, if they're bad or if they could do something different to make their parent love them or to take care of them. And so it can really cause difficulties in their understanding of themselves in the world and and who they are and how they fit in the world. So it can be very damaging. Okay. So a common thing I've heard, like I facilitate groups for people with bipolar disorder and often this topic comes up and, you know, sometimes people say things like, um, well, you hear family members, it's not uncommon to say that here people say things like, you know, the past is the past. Why don't you just Mm. leave the past alone? And I don't think it's that easy for people who have been traumatized. What what would you say about something like that? Yeah, I I agree with you completely. Um, Because the thing is, you know, especially if someone's got something that was damaging to them, emotionally or physically that bothers them um it's going to not be in the past right and especially Mm -hmm. if a person feels like that was done to them by a close friend or a family member Mm -hmm. it's going to be unresolved and they likely feel that they need an apology or they just they need that person to recognize that that damage was caused Mm -hmm. um 
in terms of trauma, as a therapist, my most disliked phrase of all time is time heals all wounds. I, that makes yeah. me super, uh, super upset because yeah. the passage of time, you know, some things can dull a little bit over time, but mm-hmm. it certainly doesn't heal anything. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, that can be a distressing expectation if there's this cultural set like cultural norm that time heals all wounds can leave people with trauma saying well what's wrong with me then that I'm I'm not over this or it still bothers me it's really invalidating Mm -hmm. and so for me obviously as a therapist doing doing the therapy um and doing the work over time is what can heal people's wounds I hate that phrase too actually (laughs) I'm not a therapist but it makes it makes me angry (laughs) yeah Okay, so maybe we're just going to contextualize trauma in terms of ART. So what problem does trauma create that ART helps with? Right. So essentially, when we we go through an experience that overwhelms our ability to cope, we can't really integrate it with us and store it as a memory. So although a person might be seeming to respond to an event in the present, the unresolved trauma can also be contributing to the response. Um, And the trauma symptoms can also make it harder to cope with other emotional events. If we're feeling hypervigilant, easily overwhelmed, having trouble sleeping, all those kinds of things, right? Um, So once we process the trauma with ART, um, it relieves those emotions and physical sensations that are left over from the trauma. Because often when people the trauma is triggered by something they see, even something they think, a smell, a sound, anything like that. It's some often emotions and physical sensations that flood Mm -hmm. back for the person that are really, um, the person feels they're really unpleasant. And so they try and avoid that. So it's hard to live your daily life when you're being triggered and having these emotions and sensations randomly kind of take over you. So once we process those emotions and sensations with ART, um, people often find that the nightmares go away, their sleep is improved, they're less reactive, they're better able to parent, to manage daily tasks, and have more space in their thoughts and emotions to attend to their family or go to work or find new jobs and make things happen in their life. Mm -hmm. So earlier you were saying that um, events happen in their life and they react to those events physically as if the past was there, right? So that's an example of how mm-hmm. the past did not heal. The past is actually occurring in the present. Absolutely. The <laughs> it is, earlier, yeah. And you were saying it earlier, I think, that um, when the experience happens, we don't integrate it properly. Is that what? Yeah, did exactly. You say like that? What does that mean? Essentially, um, you know, regular moments throughout our day, they happen, we notice them, we might store it as a memory, we might not think it's very significant, so we might not bother storing it as a memory. Um, And then we can look back and say, oh, I remember when I saw like my friend at the grocery store the other day, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not bothersome in any way, you can reflect on it, and it doesn't impact you. Mm -hmm. Um, But with trauma, like, let's say someone was in a a car accident that was incredibly uh, terrifying for them. Um, They might 
feel nervous just getting in the car, right? And they might be anxious driving and then they're hypervigilant if someone's getting too close or if traffic is going fast. So then they're more anxious. Then it's harder to actually focus and pay attention on driving when their anxiety levels increased. So then it makes it harder. And then it's more exhausting when you're, you're hypervigilant, you're kind of over aroused, you're anxious, that's exhausting and draining as well. So it's hard for people to manage all those emotions and sensations when they're trying to do something like drive. And that exhaustion is, I think why I wanted to have this topic on my podcast is because Mm -hmm. if you're exhausted by your trauma, it's pretty hard to manage your bipolar disorder. If you, if you're losing some of the precious gas we need for, yeah, to manage, uh, I don't like the word manage, to live well while having bipolar disorder. Uh, I also, something you mentioned earlier, I was curious about is trauma can lead to avoidance behavior you, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So does that mean, would that include, I associate addictions with the avoidance. Is that mm-hmm. accurate? Is, can that happen? Absolutely. Um, you know, as human beings, when we, experience negative emotions, things like anxiety, distress, uh, depression, grief, loneliness. Um, We look for ways to try and make ourselves feel better, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so lots of things, right? You know, uh, petting your cat, walking your dog, um, you know, going for ice cream, but sometimes people also do fall into substance use where they use alcohol or drugs to try and not feel depressed or anxious to give them some relief uh, from those negative emotions. Mm -hmm. And so certainly um, substance abuse can definitely happen with trauma. It's really interesting though, because the substance, if people are abusing substances and overusing alcohol or drugs, it um, can deplete those neurotransmitters in our brain that we need to feel healthy. And alcohol use, if people are overusing alcohol, it can create anxiety kind of on the back end of the use as well. And things like street drugs can also deplete the neurotransmitters, leaving people feeling depressed and depleted as well. So then you get even bigger mood swings and emotional fluctuations as those chemicals in our bodies um, get depleted from the substance abuse as well. So if you have bipolar disorder, trauma really is not your friend because you have more than one reason for an addiction, right? Because you have the avoidance of your trauma, but sometimes people use, for example, alcohol, they use alcohol to come down from their highs or or sometimes they use cocaine or something like that to come up Mm -hmm. from their lows. And for the same reason, because they're suffering. So if you're... If you're medicating, you're suffering from your trauma and your bipolar disorder, I imagine that's not, that's rough. It is rough. It's, it's one more um, layer of challenges for people, right? Because like you said, it's, it's already a challenge dealing with the mood difficulties associated with bipolar disorder, but then you layer on the emotional challenges that come with trauma as well. And it's, it's an extra layer that people have to try and manage for sure. And then you're dealing with those um, neurotransmitters you were talking about. Yeah. Which isn't good for us either. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, So ART could help somebody who's suffering from addictions. 
significantly. Yeah, and actually, is that, is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't end the question very well. Let you finish your (laughs) sentence there. It's it's true, actually, because we can use ART for trauma, but we also can use it for addictions as well. So if people are struggling with substance use, we can also use ART for that specifically. Um, And it's kind of, I think it's interesting that in the beginning, when I was explaining how I found ART, you kind of pointed out that I said relief. And I noticed that coming up as we talk more, because again, it, it gives people relief from the emotional and physical distress of their traumas, um, Mm -hmm. instead of needing substances to try and do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's very powerful. Yeah. Cause I know of other trauma therapy, it's generally pretty emotional, pretty tough, right? You go through it and it's cathartic (laughs) and you feel better, but would it be accurate to say ART is maybe is it the only one associated with the word relief? Maybe that kind of relief, maybe. I f- I, I feel like it is. Yeah, I feel like because we use the eye movements and we process out the emotions and sensations. Um, I think EMDR also uses things like eye movements or tapping, so people might get a similar relief from um, EMDR as well. Um, but certainly ART is a little more targeted and directed than, um, EMDR. So we specifically target the, the traumatic memory. And so I think the relief, um, is more direct that way. Okay. So just one more question about trauma in general, and then we'll get into the specifics of ART now that we've, I'm sure people are really curious now, um, but just one more question, uh, I've often heard therapists, I think mostly therapists say, maybe through other people in groups have been told that maybe trauma therapy isn't a good idea for them. It's how do you feel about that? Because of where they're at or for whatever. Yeah, it certainly is an important conversation to have for the client and the therapist to have together. Even though ART works quickly and, and does pride provide like relief, um, it's hard work still. It's, you know, it's really hard work. And so um, one of the things that we do talk about is that clients have some stability and ability to regulate their emotions before ART. Because the first part of ART, we call imaginational exposure. So whatever the client wants to work on, we have them pull up the, for example, the car accident, right? And we have them play it back in their mind um, so that we can process out the emotions and sensations that come up with that, right? So it, it is still really difficult work. So if people are really struggling day to day and they're really dysregulated and they're, they're having a hard time coping, you have to have a really kind of honest discussion around whether that's something that's a fit for that person right in that moment, if that's something they can tolerate. Um, that being said, with ART, you know, people are, are often really struggling in their daily life and they're really suffering. So ART can provide some, some immediate relief. So um, it's kind of a discussion to have based on each specific person and how comfortable they feel doing ART and and where they're at. Okay. 
All right, let's get into the specifics. I'm sure people are wanting to, now that we've talked about how great it can be and <laughs> what it can help with, what are, so let's just say I come into your office and mm-hmm. um, from my appointment, what, what can I expect? What, what will happen? Yeah, basically um, it's certainly up to the, the individual client. Um, some people are feeling anxious, maybe about doing trauma therapy, or even just about meeting a therapist in general. And so um, sometimes I set up a a first appointment with people, just so they can get to know me a little bit, they can meet me, we talk about what ART is, what to expect, um, and make a plan for what they'd like to tackle with ART. Um, Some people uh, come to my office, and they're like, Nope, I just want to get this done. I'm sick of dealing with the trauma. I want to jump right in. So in that case, we can jump right in in the first session and get to work and start some ART right away. Okay, so what happens? What, so we agree to it, we're ready to go. Yeah. Now what happens? Well, basically, as I said, we use imaginational exposure. Um, so basically playing the traumatic event in your mind like you're watching a video. Um, so while we do that, that brings up the emotions and sensations related to the traumatic event. So then we use eye movements, um, to process those out. So, um, I think when I took some of the explanations off of the, the ART website as well, cause it is a, it is a tricky process, um, to explain, which I know we talked about a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, so what do you mean so, by eye movements? Like how do you use eye oh, movements? Good question. So basically, um, the therapist sits across from the client. Um, I hold my hand at about kind of eye level, a few feet back from the client. So I hold my hand um, at eye level, my palm facing the client a few feet away. And then I move my hand back and forth so that the client's eyes move from left to right. So we do a set of eye movements after clients imagine the um, problematic problematic images and then the eye movements are calming and process out those emotions and sensations so we we do a set of of those through as the client goes through their um scene that we call it so just a couple of things you said ima- imagine does that mean they don't have to say what's going like most talk therapy you have yeah. to talk about what's happening in in my opinion that's one of the great things about art because i think often what prevents people from doing trauma therapy is that exact thought of I'm going to go have to go to the therapist and say everything that happened. And no one wants to do that with trauma. Everyone spends their day trying not to think about the trauma, right? Yeah. So it's highly unappealing if people think I'm going to have to go to the therapist and explain in detail the traumatic event that happened, especially, you know, if it's like an assault or abuse or something that happened to them and there's shame and awful feelings associated, no one wants to explain that in detail. And that in itself can be distressing and traumatizing for people. Mm -hmm. So that is one of the great things I think about ART is that people do the scene, they imagine it in their mind and they can share as much or as little as they want. So they're welcome to tell me and share with me what happened, but they don't have to. Um, and I can still do the ART because they do all the work in their brain, which is fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. It's interesting too. Earlier we talked about how the present exists for people who have been traumatized and, and recalling those events, I think is enough to bring back the sensations of those, of those events. 
it is, it's really interesting. Um, the, the intensity with which people can experience those emotions and sensations when they do pull it up in their mind. And so when they do that at an ART session, somebody you're doing ART with, and they pull that sensation up and they watch your hand move back and mm -hmm. forth in a rhythmic way and their eyes move in a rhythmic way. And then mm -hmm. what happens to them? What? Basically, the eye movements are really calming and relaxing. So people find that the emotions start to um, kind of calm down or disappear. So the sensations leave their body, they start to relax, they calm down. Um, and the, it, it kind of leaves their mind and it's not those emotions and sensations. Once we are kind of done the ART process are no longer attached to that incident. So then after that, yeah. if the person recalls and uses their imagination to recall the same scene, things will be different, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, some of my clients talk about after doing ART that it's like they're a fly on the wall. So they know that the incident happened, but they don't get flooded with those negative emotions and sensations anymore. Um, they know what happened, but they can kind of notice it like a third observer. It's not like it's happening to them all over again. Seems too good to be true, eh? <laughs> And, you know, it's, it's amazing. And, and, you know, as I've gone through it myself, so, yeah. you know, I had that experience as well of it, um, how amazing it is. Yes. Very incredible process. Yeah, it is. People are often really surprised because um, they come in, it's very different than like any talk therapy. And they say, so you're just going to move your hand in front of my eyes and I'm going to feel better after. And, uh, you know, I've had some really skeptical, um, some scientists, some teachers, you know, people that are quite skeptical and, and they come away um, amazed and, and feeling so much better. So it's really neat to kind of see them benefit from, from ART as well. When I first met you and you've done ART on me, I wasn't going to say that, but it is hard to believe. And I remember when I first met you and I was telling you the, rough things that I deal with yeah. from my past and you were like yeah we'll get rid of that we'll get rid of that <laughs> we'll get rid of that it was yeah. like you're checking it like, off and I'm like you're not getting rid of that like you were just like oh, yeah, I'm like, anything no else you want to put you on the list totally, yeah, yeah we'll get rid of that and I thought there's no way and uh, I really wanted you to be on my podcast because there is a way and uh I really thank you. I feel a tremendous relief from, from the work you did with me. And um, yes, very grateful. So and that's, it is possible. I, I share that because I wouldn't have yeah. bought it, to be honest. <laughs> it's <laughs> true. People are, yeah. they're like, really? They're very skeptical. And I've done other forms of therapy and they were very mm -hmm. cathartic and uh, they were mm -hmm. excellent. It helped me a lot, but there's just this last hump I couldn't get over and um. ART did that for me. So I really you know, hope when, other people can get help as well. Cause I know a lot of people that are suffering and the idea that you don't have to talk that you can, cause I, I know people who have been assaulted and don't really want to talk about it, obviously, but uh, just being able to imagine it, imagine what was going on to process that I think is great. And what do you think, Lisa? <laughs> we just, we just froze there for about 10 yeah, seconds did. on my we end. Froze. So 
I was saying I stuff that was saying. just gold. <laughs> it was all gold. I bet, right? And it's lost forever now. Well, I think it might be recorded on my end. Um, oh, good. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what I was saying. Something about how great it is. And, oh, I was talking about how people who have been maybe severely assaulted or something who would really not want to talk about that again, maybe. Like exactly. In your experiencing, is it imagining maybe better for them? Yeah, and I think it depends on the specific person. Um, I mean, on one hand, I think for some people, the thought, because I think people assume that if they go to therapy for trauma, they're going to have to talk about the traumatic event. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I always want to make sure when I meet with people that they have the choice. I don't want someone to feel like they have to talk about the traumatic event. Um, But the great thing about ART is that they do the work um, in their brain. And so they can share as much or as little as they want about their traumatic event. Um, And so I find actually in some cases, as people go through ART and they experience some of the relief um, and we kind of form a partnership, it's easier for them to talk about some of the pieces of the trauma um, in the context of ART because it's... um, a little different than just telling your story. And mm-hmm. sometimes when people have gone through trauma, because they've had to tell other people, like doctors, therapists, caseworkers, they've had to tell other people along the way. So sometimes yeah. um, people that have gone through trauma have this weird little story where they kind of detach emotionally and just relate it like they're just saying uh, like something that happened, but mm-hmm. it's kind of a survival tactic. Because if you had to connect to those emotions of the traumatic event, every time you tell someone about it, you just kind of repeatedly destroy yourself, right? And it's just emotionally exhausting to do that. So lots of people have a little trauma snapshot when someone asks about it and they're like, oh, blah, 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 right? <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes people misunderstand and think that maybe it's still not impacting them when really it is deeply, but they just have this little presentation that mm-hmm. allows them to tell people what happened without opening that floodgate of emotion, I guess, if you will. That makes sense, for sure. Yeah. And I, people often say they don't want to keep telling their story over and over again. Like, do you want to yeah. see another therapist? I don't want to tell the story again. It's so. true, right? It's so true. That can be exhausting um, for people, definitely. Um, just quickly quick question are, are there any dangers to doing ART therapy like if somebody not recommended because it could be a bad idea yeah uh, the main situation that I'm cautious in is if people have recently had a concussion um, I get them to check with their doctor and make sure there's no concerns just because we do the eye movements back and forth and I know when people have concussions, like they're not supposed to read or watch TV, they're supposed to rest, things like that. So I, I do get people to um, check with their doctor and even wait until some of the concussion symptoms have kind of subsided um, before they embark in ART. But if anyone has concerns about, you know, the emotions, the eye movements, they can always check in with their family doctor first. Um, <clears throat> many family doctors don't know what ART is though. So, uh, yeah, I've never heard to, of it. Uh, I've been, I've been, uh, in, around this kind of stuff for a while. So yeah, it's relatively new, right? Um, I, yeah, I should have looked up when it was developed. I didn't actually, um, there's a lady, uh, in the United States that developed it. And so, um, 
it's slowly spreading. There's lots of us in Calgary um, and throughout Canada, actually, that are becoming trained in it. So there's little pockets of us here and there, um, but um, it's growing, growing bit by bit. And so what type of individuals, what kind of, well, you kind of talked about it in general throughout our interview, but what are some types of individuals um, you have treated or you would think would be good for ART and what, what sort of improvements did you see them having? Uh, um, let's see. I've done ART. I've done it with lots of clients who've experienced um, childhood trauma and um, you know, it's such an honor to work with people because going through abuse and neglect through childhood is just so, so damaging for people and causes them so much distress, even into adulthood, right? So being able, I really view ART as a partnership, right? Because people have to trust me. And when I say I have this weird therapy where I use eye movements, I'm like, that's totally fine. We'll totally sort all those things out. And people are like, that's crazy. Right. Yeah. So people, you know, they come in, they trust me and they, they partner with me in session and we, we navigate the work together. So it's just incredible. You know, when I do ART, I can see people's posture change as they relax. I can see the relief in them. I can see them sit up taller as they process out shame. It's so incredible um, to, to partner with people and, and support them in the healing journey. Um, so I've done, I've worked with, um, yeah, several clients with childhood trauma. Um, I've helped people who have been through car accidents. Um, I've helped people that are suffering grief and loss. Um, quite a few moms that have had traumatic childbirth experiences and some of them are um, going to have a second baby. And so we do ART so that they can be calm and relaxed going into their second delivery. Cause if you've had a traumatic first delivery and then you're back in hospital approaching a second delivery, we don't want them anxious and panicking and yeah. hypervigilant, right? Cause we want moms to be calm and relaxed as they go into the delivery process, right? To oh, keep them and baby healthy. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, traumatic childbirth, I've used it for um, anxiety, for fear of flying, um, grief and loss as well. I've worked with some people that have, have lost pets that were really dear to them and they're really struggling with the grief around that. Mm-hmm. Um, fear of change. Um, it's really helpful for first responders as well that deal with traumatic um, incidents through their work. Anxiety, a lot of people with bipolar disorder suffer from anxiety. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, all kinds of changes in people, you know, um, the nightmares stop, um, their emotions are better regulated, um, their anxiety decreases. Um, they can, they can, some people who are parents, um, if they're struggling with trauma, um, kids whining and crying and trying to like cling to them they can't tolerate that when they're struggling with trauma um Mm -hmm. we do some art and they're better able to parent and meet their kids needs because they can tolerate that from their kids which is so incredible to see um people sleep better um i've seen people once they get rid of the trauma stuff because you know when you're when you're constantly being triggered and you're having dreams and nightmares and it's invading all your space it's hard to think about other things right um and i had someone that once we did a bunch of the trauma work they went and started their own business because they weren't being invaded by all these 
traumatic memories anymore. So just incredible things that I see in people. My memory is better now. That's and pretty mem cool. Memory is an interesting thing because um, when our arousal level is elevated, um, we're not actually at our best for problem solving, focusing on the present moment and storing memories. So when we're anxious or hypervigilant or we're, we're nervous, um, we're not able to focus on the moment and remember things. So when we bring down that level of arousal, that anxiety, that hypervigilance, yeah, your memory's better. You can focus in the, in the present moment a little easier. Too good to be true, but not really. <laughs> it's, I know, right? It's, it's amazing. That's for sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. That's really excellent. Thanks for sharing your time and all of your knowledge. Was there anything else you wanted to add or maybe you can give us your contact information or was there anything else you had? I'll, I'll let you answer yeah, that can, first if you want. I can totally do that. Um, I think I know one of the things that sometimes people wonder with ART is if memories get erased um, with ART as well. But um, they don't, we don't erase memories. So mm -hmm. our, the phrase we say with ART is keep the knowledge, lose the pain, um, yeah. because people will still know what happened, um, but they'll lose the problematic emotions and sensations. So it's like they're a fly on the wall. They know what happened, but when you reflect back there, you're not overwhelmed by the emotions and sensations. So. Yeah. Yeah. I guess people should know that, right? Because things are happening in their memory. So. Okay, yeah, and exactly. contact information, you want to share your website or? Yeah, let me just pull up my website because I actually don't have it off the top of my head, <laughs> really? strangely <laughs> enough. Um, I can pull up my email, actually. Okay. That's probably the easiest. Um, and it's just my first name and last name. So Lisa Thorson Counseling at telus.net. And, that's and how do you spell Thorson? So L-I-S-A-T-H-O-R-E-S-O-N, counseling with two L's at telus.net. Excellent. That's the easiest way for people to reach out to me. So again, thank you so much for being on my podcast today. I really appreciate it. I think many people will find it helpful. Yeah, thanks so much for inviting me um, to be able to talk about ART. Great, great. And... Thank you for my listeners today. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you'd like to know a little bit more about me, you can read my blog at bipolarweekly.com. I also have a Facebook group called the Bipolar Disorder Moment. You can leave a comment there, or you can follow me on Twitter at Alan G. My Twitter handle is at Alan G. Cooper. You can even, even email me directly. My email address is alangwrites at gmail.com. So once again, thank you, Lisa. Thank you to my listeners. This has been another bipolar disorder moment.